Welcome to the Little Beaver Historicals podcast. Little Beaver Historicals' mission is to maintain, preserve, and restore the historical facts of Beaver County, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Dave Holowico. Joining me today is Mr. Andy Janicki, a expert on the Legionville site. Andy can explain what Legionville was and how important it was to the Beaver County history and American history. Welcome, Andy. Oh, thank you. Now, Andy, um, you can give us a little bit of history of, of yourself and how you got involved with Legionville. Yeah, I was always uh, growing up interested in history, I guess, even probably because of my uh, uh, my aunts, uncles, my dad, uh, you know, they were all uh, World War II veterans and things like that. And I just had that interest and curiosity about history. And then I, you know, found out, you know, about uh, just the name Legionville. And I thought, what what does that mean? You know, and uh, I asked my dad and he really, he lived in, you know, we lived in Ambridge and he really uh, said, I, I think there was some kind of an army camp there and stuff. And and then the sad part about it is I asked my history teacher at Hopewell, and I said, what's, what's the story on Legionville? I said, uh, you know, what happened there? Was there a battle there or something? Uh, and um, so anyways, he said, well, we, you know, I'm not that sure of it. And, and then eventually, you know, as I got a little bit older, I ran into a guy by the name of Pat Riley who's, uh, you know, went to school. He's a, uh, an archaeologist, and he did a dig there and everything and really found out a lot what really happened there. And you know, couldn't believe that it was just, you know, kind of a forgotten thing. And then he, he mentioned to me, because I've, you know, built models growing up and things like that, and he uh, said, maybe, maybe you could build a model of Legionville, because I have a lot of uh, drawings and information on it, and uh, you know, which was what I did, you know. And I don't know if you want to know a little bit of the story right now about it. Well, Actually, I, I would like you to expound on what Legionville was, because I'm sure our listeners, as most of us don't know, and again, like you said, nobody taught it in history. Explain to me where Legionville was and its importance in American history. Yeah, right after the Revolutionary War, I mean, you're talking 1790s, uh, the Treaty of Paris is signed and, you know, the British move out, I mean, they, and, but they still maintain forts along the Great Lakes. And the settlers, you know, Pittsburgh was the gateway to the West at that time. And people were going down the river in flat boats. And, you know, as long as you stay on the left side of the river, you're in, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Kentucky, and that's where you're supposed to settle. Uh, but they're looking at the Ohio land now. And, and you know, some of them are actually settling there. And the, and the Indians are basically tired of being pushed further and further west. So they form a confederacy to try to stop the further, you know, the movement west in one of the Ohio River to be the border, you know, that, of, for Indian territory. And uh, the British, of course, the British are supporting them. You know, they said, if you need weapons, you need anything, you know, stop the Americans from coming any further west. You know, George Washington, he's trying to protect the people because they're being harassed by the Indians and killed. So he wants to put you know, maybe an army, you know, together to try to deal with the, the Indian situation in Ohio to maybe get some real estate there. So anyways, there was a couple, you know, Josiah Harmer, who was at uh, McIntosh, you know, during the Rev War, you know, Washington appoints him, and mostly with militia, he goes into Ohio, but, you know, disastrous defeat with him even, you know, they lose a lot of, a lot of people there, and, uh, that didn't work, so he got a hold of Arthur St. Clair, who was another uh, Revolutionary War general, and uh, 
that didn't work either. You know, it uh, on the Wabash River, you know, early in the morning, they uh, were attacked by the Indians and they lost, you know, close to 800 people, soldiers and, you know, camp followers was with the Army. They uh, evacuated, you know, headed back, you know, south toward the Ohio River. And it was like the worst defeat of the United States Army in our history. And you, you, I never heard of it. Right. And it's called St. Clair's defeat. And, you know, Custer lost, uh, what, 75? And you hear about that all the time. But this was a real disaster. And at that point, Washington, you know, really didn't know, you know, what to do, who to appoint next. But that's when he came up with Anthony Wayne, you know, who was a, a fantastic, you know, soldier general, you know, officer and everything like that. So he figured he'd give him a try, and then that's where Legionville took place. He came to Pittsburgh in 1792 and was, was going to train the Army there at Fort Fayette. You know, that's where the History Center is at now. And uh, just knew that it wasn't going to work there. There was women drinking, you know, too much of that stuff going on. So, you know, he sent a party like 20 miles downriver, and that's where he found, you know, a spot that he remarked as being uh, the perfect, you know, encampment you know, because of the high bank on the riverside and then two deep ravines on the north and west side. And uh, he put in this training camp where they trained almost 2,000, you know, soldiers. And, uh, you know, he trained them well. And, uh, you know, the rest went into, you know, into the Ohio country. You know, the Indians thought it was going to be the same with him, but it wasn't because they trained there for like six months. In today's terms, where was Legionville? If you can give somebody a, uh, an idea exactly where the camp was. Yeah, probably between, you know, if you're leaving from Ambridge, but very close to Baden, right on Duss Avenue. You know, that, that would be the location of it. And Logstown was also in that area, you know, a little you know, earlier during the French-Indian War. I was just there recently. There, there's a car dealership that was placed there. If people can realize where the car dealership is across from the sheets on on 65 that's basically where the camp was um there's also a marker on dust avenue right yeah a little further uh, north is where the you know where the car dealership is at now it's not right in the area where the camp was at and so like i said there's still land there that you know was occupied by legionville itself and then on dust avenue the the marker there you know there's a marker i think for also for logstown there right also what's really something there is there's like 17 graves right in that area because during the training you know that was taking place i mean you had accidents you had you know sickness and things like that and we pretty much know from a a sketch that there was a surgeon there from connecticut that uh, made a sketch of the camp and you know showed where the graves were located which would be just off to the right of the Grand Parade Ground. Right. You know, so we know there's American soldiers buried there. So. It's a shame because basically the only thing there are a few monuments and nobody stops. I mean, unless you're, unless you're into history like we are. Can you give us a general idea of what camp life was? I know you've told me before that Wayne was very strict. Yeah, very strict. And that's what made the difference between St. Clair and, and Harmer. And he was educated as a surveyor during the Revolutionary War. I mean, he learned so many lessons about, you know, warfare because he was so interested in that. I mean, that was seemed like his calling. And when he trained him at Legionville, you know, discipline was very, very strong and everything. And uh, and even the, the, the Indians on the Aliquippa side, you know, it's, it's you know, you got some high bluffs over there. They were actually watching them train. And uh, the news got back to uh, Little Turtle, who's in, in charge of the 
you know, the Indian Confederacy. You know, when the word got back to him, he said, you know, this army that's coming now, this isn't like St. Clair or, or Harmer. You know, he's a, you know, we better look for, you know, possibly to try to deal with them in a different way. You know, and, and he actually refused to take the command. You know, he said that we're not going to we're not going to beat this. You know, they're too well trained. And and uh, that's when Blue Jacket, one of the uh, I think he was a Shawnee, said that he would take command. You know, they were so much surprised when Wayne got into Ohio and they first started encountering, you know, his, you know, his army. There was a um, news reporter from the the Pittsburgh Gazette, which, you know, did a lot of things, you know, at that time in Pittsburgh. Right. And they, he had a reporter down there, and I read the, you know, the, the article that he wrote, and he said, I've been to a lot of, you know, backwoods shooting matches. And he said, I've never seen people shoot like this. You know, I mean, they were <laughs> well-trained because of the discipline, too. And then he took, uh, he made sure they took pride in their uniforms. They were paid, and they had good food and things. That's, you know, that's, and the soldiers, either you, you liked them or you hated them. <laughs> A lot of people in Ambridge and locally know the term Mad Anthony Wayne. Where did that term come from with him? Yeah, I, I don't think they, they quite, you know, knew for sure, but, you know, he definitely wasn't mad. I mean, and, uh, but like I said, he, uh, you know, they said it was in, near his hometown, there was a, a neighbor of his during the Revolutionary War that was good friends with him and everything. And the guy was getting away with a lot. Uh, you know, any anytime he got in trouble or something, you know, he said, well, I know Anthony Wayne, you know. So, you know, they didn't really want to do too much to him until he did something pretty bad. And, and he said, well, we're going to take you to talk to Wayne, you know. And he went in there and, uh, you know, they, they explained what he did. And Wayne said, punish him. <laughs> and the guy started screaming, the, the general's mad. <laughs> Anthony's mad. And the term mad was different than I think it is today. People don't understand yeah, you know, it's not like you're crazy or something, but you know, it was. I think it was just a different uh, word, you know, a different meaning at that right. time. And that's, I think, that's you know, possibly. And then the nickname stuck because of his, you know, the way he did act. And but he thought out things, you know, uh, you know, just like you could probably tie him in with George Patton. You know, I mean, it was the same way. They both studied. Roman history and Julius Caesar, they read, right. you know, all that. This is why he called his army the Legion of the United States. It wasn't the United States Army. He changed the, the name. And while they were at Legionville, he broke it into like four sub-legions. And, and Smart, you know, he was actually competing them against each other. You know, he would take the first and the third and, you know, and the second and the fourth. And that way he had competition going, you know, where these guys wanted to beat the other ones. Right. You know? So they were well-trained in that way. I'm sitting here beside a actual scale model of Legionville that you built. It's an interesting piece, I will tell everybody that. It is an exact model of the camp from drawings that, that were done during the time period. When you decided to build it, did you have any idea what you were going to do? I mean, did you did you realize how you were going to build it or... I grew up as a, like in history and then also doing models. We had a train display and, and that's where I got my kind of the skills, you know, with uh, building, uh, you know, something like, like Legionville model there. And um, with the, the information that I had, you know, there was there, I didn't have an engineering drawing because a lot of the forts that they were building at the time, once in a while you run across an actual engineering drawing, uh, you know, the sergeant from Connecticut, you know, sat and he actually drew a picture of, you know, of the camp itself, identifying all the buildings and also the LEET surveys from 1905, you, you know, were something that where the trenches and everything still showed up, 
you know, on drawings. So I knew exactly where it would be at and, you know, how everything would be located in there. So it was, you know, it kind of fell together. And I used, uh, uh, you know, the topographic USGA maps that they have. So all the elevations were correct, you know. They were all cut into a, uh, I used a styrofoam. And then, you know, and, and what's, what's neat about it is that I actually flew over it in an airplane just to see it today, you know, what it looked like. And also I took like the dirt, you know, right from Legionville and used it inside the fort. So, I mean, it has actually the material. That's interesting. <laughs> it's actually the dirt from yeah. Legionville is on the model. Yeah, what they were walking around on. For those people that haven't seen this model, it is an impressive piece. Um, what scale did you build this at? It's a 64th of an inch to a foot. So, I mean, it's, it's very tiny, but to get the whole... Yeah, you know the whole. Uh, it's not. It's actually not a fort. I think they called it a cantonment. You know, there's no fortress wall, but they had a trench around the outside. So, like I said, it's not really a fortress. You know, and then redoubts. You know, around the perimeter. For those that don't know what redoubts are, they they're actually a fortified position at, at basically the corners of the camp. Anthony Wayne was a stickler for security. He actually had guards stationed around the camp 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He would actually come out at 3 o'clock in the morning and check on them. You've had this model at numerous places. It's been at the Heinz History Center and, and some other yeah, places. Yeah, Swickley, a lot of the libraries. Yeah, and, uh, and also at Greenville, you know, is where when he left Legionville in the same year they built uh, Fort Greenville, which became the headquarters of the United States Army eventually, and also where the Treaty of Greenville was signed. And now, now this was a fort, you know, fortification. I mean, it was you know, log walls, right? and it covered 50 acres inside. And by that time, he had like 4,000 soldiers in the Army, you know, at that time. For for those that don't know, Fort Greenville isn't Greenville, Pennsylvania. It's closer to Dayton, Ohio, right? right? Exactly, right. a little bit northwest. I there mean. is actually a museum there, and you actually have a model that you did for yeah. Fort Greenville. Yeah, just, you know, made the same way as, uh, you know, Legionville. is a bit bigger. I mean, it's six uh, six foot by four, you know, and it's in, uh, in their hist- history museum, the Garth Museum in uh, Greenville, Ohio. I would suggest that anybody that's interested in in the Indian Wars and the Battle of Fallen Timbers, which was the last battle of the of the Western Indian Wars that um, that Wayne was involved in, that they visit this museum. It's it's a very impressive place. I will tell everybody this is interesting doing this interview with Andy because he's sitting here in full uniform from the period. If you could explain um, the colors and 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 everything, we stuck with the red and blue of 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 the civil, of the uh, Revolutionary War, right? Right. The uniform is uh, is a artillery officer. It would be a lieutenant because my epaulet's on the left soldier, and being that it's gold, I have gold, you know, brass buttons that uh, signifies the artillery. So it's an artillery lieutenant, and also the lining, you know, is uh, red, and that's also artillery even to this day. Really, you know, the artillery still goes with the red, like the cavalry is yellow. And uh, like I said, those colors, you know, continued on through our history. That's amazing that, that from right after the Revolutionary War, we're still using the same colors. Yeah. Andy's model, which um, represents Legionville, a very important site in Beaver County history as well as, as the national history, currently sits in the first floor of Greersburg Academy. It will be here for... Probably till the end of summer or maybe longer. I don't know. It's up to Andy. Right. I would suggest that anybody wants to see it comes to Greersburg Academy and sees the model. It's an amazing piece. 
And he pointed out some things. There's actually, and you can tell the story about when it was in the library about the the little old lady librarian. That, yeah. Um, go ahead and tell them that story. Yeah, it was in the Swickley Library for probably about a month. You know, and we had uniforms in their in their showcases and things and equipment. You know, they have their volunteers there, and there was an old a lady in her nineties. And when I, you know, after the month that it was there, I went to pick it up and, uh, you know, she said, boy, I'm really going to miss that model, you know? And I said, oh, really? I said, you know, what did you really like about it? And she says, I'm going to miss those two naked soldiers down by the river, you know, doing their laundry and taking a bath. (laughs) (laughs) This is actually how, um, and Andy's pointed out numerous things to us while we're recording this on the model. Um, He left nothing out of the model i mean there there are different horses there he's he's got wayne reviewing the troops i mean if you ever get a chance to see the model with andy here andy and his wife can point out things that you miss by just looking at it another interesting thing and and i'll let andy tell the story what are the soldiers made out of andy Uh, you, you know mostly everything on there is handmade because of the scale you know to form their legs i would use like toothbrush bristles and then floral tape you know, to make the body, and then I would use the the blue styrofoam that you see, uh, you know, for insulation on houses. You know, you could roll that like in a cylinder, you know, and make the arms, legs, the ha- the head, and then the paint. You know, you paint it up and then put a weapon on him, or if he's a officer, he'd have a spontoon or a, you know, or a musket if he was a, you know, just an infantry soldier. So, the, you know, the and the trees, it's all natural things from the from the woods. And, um, you know, just uh, I also do oil painting. So, the you know, the water and stuff is painted, you know, to represent, you know, it shows up well as water with an acrylic uh, coat on it. The streams are the same way, done with an acrylic. And, uh, you know, you kind of pour that over the top of, uh, you know, sand and different things like that. It looks like a stream bed. You had this model at uh, Raccoon State Park, right? When we were showing it off. Mm-hmm. And one of the little naked guys got broken off. And they had it in their hand, and she dropped it, or somebody yeah. dropped it. Right. And um, you had people on their hands and knees, and somebody asked, "What are you looking for?" And she said, "A naked soldier." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The I think the newspaper was there, and the, my wife and her, you know, the friend of hers was looking for the. You know, they're so tiny, and uh, they were looking for it in the grass. And you know, the, you know, the photographer walked around, and he said, "What are you looking for?" And they said, uh, two naked soldiers." <laughs> <laughs> and I think he just left. <laughs> he thought maybe they hit the rum or something. Well, this has been very interesting. I would love to do hours with you, um, but I think we've given a, a lot of information to the people about uh, Legionville. And if you're interested in history, and there's much more about Legionville online, you can find it at Wikipedia, or you can look in. There's some interesting books written about Le- yeah, Legionville. Sure. And currently, we actually have one of our members, Jay Paisley, who wrote the Huffman Letters, a Civil War book. He's actually researching a book with Andy about, he's going to try to do a book about Legionville. Hopefully, we will have, uh, we'll be able to talk to him and about his thoughts of what's going to happen with his book. And it's been wonderful, Andy, and I thank you for joining us. And very interesting model. Very interesting. Thank you. You're welcome very much. You are listening to a production of the Social Voice Podcast Network. 